0: the right club be the right club today okay. yes we'll give that shit up concentrate on god
1: there it is a win for the ages give it a little tappy tap 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 a rule
2: how about him that is better than most
1: Welcome to another episode of Scratch Quest. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Gleason. I've got my two boys with me, J-Train and Joey B. What's up, fellas? What's
3: up, man? What's up?
1: J-Train, you're getting ready for a trip, an early spring training golf tournament.
3: Dude,
2: I am fucking locked and loaded right now.
1: (laughs) I bet, yeah, I bet you are... Packed bags, packed your you've cleaned your clubs,
2: dude. i picked out my outfits, I got every day coordinated. Uh, what else, man? <laughs> yeah, I uh I've been spending a lot of time at the on the indoor sim, just trying to dial it in, get used to these new sticks who are making the trip. It was debatable early on whether or not I was if they made the travel squad, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> they earned their position. They're making the trip to Phoenix for the member guest. Nice. Yep. So they have, they have firmly cemented themselves in my bag. I, I really like nice. these new sticks.
1: Was it you and Sky?
2: Yep. So it's me and Sky. We're doing, um, the member guests at Camelback Golf Club down in Phoenix. Five, nine hole matches. Each nine is a different format, so we got like a scramble, a shamble, a best ball, an alternating shot, nine hole, um, and one other one I can't think of. But um, if you win your flight, you go on to a uh, horse race, and so if you win the horse race, you're you're the champ, man.
3: Nice. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Pretty fun stuff. Well, looking forward to it. Gleason and I squared off yesterday morning and it uh I wouldn't say squared <laughs> off.
1: We we were there.
3: We we showed with our up. clubs. Yeah. And uh <laughs> we, we donated a few balls around the course. We had a good time, but ultimately uh the show continues. We have yet to reach scratch or yeah. break eighty. Or, <laughs> yesterday, or anything in cool. yesterday's yesterday's <laughs> case failed to break ninety. So it was a long day, early, wet round. Uh range was closed, so but anyway. So I brought a buddy on for this week and um I'm going to give you a little bit of background. So I got Jake Crane who was a catcher at Georgia with me. Uh we were actually recruited in the same class in 2003 and uh we kind of tinkered back and forth. We we played at different times, but Crane Crane was a, you know, meathead, right? Uh baseball guy who had zero interest in golf at the time. And uh you know we finished our baseball careers moved on and then you know years down the road we reconnect and all of a sudden crane is like literally a scratch golfer and i was like what 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 wait how did how did you do this so so anyway i was like this would be the perfect opportunity to bring this guy on and talk about you know we were all athletes and how he transitioned from one sport into being i mean I think he's a plus three right now, which is just absurd. But
0: anyway. Sheesh.
3: Jay Crane.
0: Yo, what's up, man? All <clears Back clears> right, <throat> Jay. J- Train, you gotta take those new sticks. That way you can blame it on the new sticks, bro. If you have to <laughs> if you have to lean on it, just be like, oh, I just got these. I haven't really got to hit them. and you're new good. Club. Every yeah. Oh, the guy got new clubs. You know, he's a good golfer, he's just got new clubs. So
2: Perfect. <laughs> Didn't even yeah. think about that. That's uh, a that's <laughs> great advice.
0: It's yeah. You a, know, worth
3: a $50 check bag fee,
0: right? Maybe and you, hey, try a new ball, play a different ball. Then you can say, I got new balls, new clubs. I don't know what's going on. You know, you're just, yeah, whatever,
2: one. whatever like uh, t gifts that they give you, or you know how they give you a little some, some. We'll see. Yeah, I'm going to just play those balls, completely bl- deflect every single bit of criticism, blame it on the clubs and the ball. I like it.
0: Absolutely.
2: Is that how you become a scratch golfer? Is that how you get the plus <laughs> three? Blame take everything else and take every, the responsibility?
0: Every shortcut you can take. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, you just. You... <laughs> but if that's what it takes to make yourself feel like you're getting there, do it, bro. You just gotta. You got to feel good. You look good. You feel good. You play good. Right, Joe B?
3: That's it. So the key Dion, is- Dion.
0: And then you fake it until you make it. That's the other <laughs> way you look at it. You That's just keep right. looking like a pro golfer and somebody's going to see you hit one ball and be like, man, that guy has a good swing. They might not see the next five, but that one, they're like, whoo,
3: <laughs> hold speaking that of, pose at the end. of uh, looking good, and this is like, this actually comes back from the first episode, which Jake, you, you, you've had a little bit of run in with our first guest, Ben Schwab. Oh, Benny resident. boy,
0: yes. He said, yes, you I have. You
3: Joey B shows up for his first lesson with Nike slingshots and some M frame Oakleys. How long, and do you still rock the M frame Oakleys on the golf?
0: Absolutely. Course? So <laughs> <clears throat> the original M frames that didn't bend, those are now like the yard, the lawn mowing glasses, you know, because oh, yeah. they're just monstrous. Nothing's getting past those. Like the chainsaw, <laughs> I'm good. Thank whatever, you, goggles. Whatever I'm running, bro, they cover my. OSHA certified. Yes, absolutely. You go. <laughs> now, I've been rocking some Maui gyms lately. That's they got a good little vibe right now. There you go. All right. So, Crane Joe mentioned it.
1: You grew up playing baseball, played it in college. Like you weren't even interested in golf. What was the point that that all changed? And you were like, "All right, I'm I'm
0: dead serious about golf. I'm going to get good at this sport." So, <clears throat> gotten them playing baseball. 22 23 years old getting out of college um kind of just fell in that rut for a year or two really spent my time in the weight room trying to just get as swole as i could get and um i actually ended up getting like a sports hernia and the doctor was like you can't you can't do any physical activity so everything was kind of out that i did so i started playing golf with some buddies once in a while and i was okay i could hit it far and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know distances or, you know, I knew enough to be dangerous. But um, just started playing, man. And I, I played for maybe a month or two, you know, once or twice a week with some guys and kind of got the bug. And uh, that's really where it started for me. So about the time I turned 25 was when I started, like, first time I really played golf. And I'm 35 now, so 10 years. Man. We're old bro. Thirty five.
1: How so how long did it take you to get down to where to scratch?
0: So I didn't start keeping my handicap until probably I'd say two years after I started. And I started off at like a twelve. But that's two years into playing. Um I was probably a twenty. I mean those first six months, I probably got to a fifteen pretty quick by just practicing a bunch and then to go from that ten to five number wasn't too bad. That was probably another year or so. That five to the one range, that was tough. That was the hardest jump right there. And I I just had that feeling I was going to be stuck at the one for a while. But I actually, it's pretty crazy how your handicap works if you really look into it. Um, I mean, I had two or three good rounds that bumped out two or three bad scores, and all of a sudden I was a scratch. Like, it just kind of happened. So
3: what was but, it that what was it that got you over the hurdle? Like what was that one point where you made that jump towards like <clears> you said from like a five to a one? I mean, was it was there one aspect of the game or one Just you
0: know? So something I did and I, I probably I'd say I've been doing it probably the last eight years. I try to define goals at the start of each season. So like right now, the February, March time of the year to me, this is like Spring training, like I'm getting ready for the March through you know July August run right here. Um, I like to identify goals. the The biggest gain I saw in one year, I made one goal, and that was course management. I was going to look at every golf hole from a design perspective. I was, you know, why is that bunker over there? Why does the green slope like this? This, you know, you figure out things and how to just try to get around the course. You know, if the pin's on the right side of the green. I'm going to try to hit my drive a little more left to have a better angle to the pin, just things like that. Just like learning how to pay attention to those little things and really just start to understand like why golf is, you know, what it is. And that's from a guy who didn't play. Like I didn't grow up as a kid hitting golf balls every day and just like figured it out. Like, you know, those are things that the normal guy you don't even think about. Like even when you're watching golf on TV, like they're positioning, they're always trying to stay here or away from one side or something like that. So
2: how are you breaking that down on courses? Like, I mean, are you just talking (laughs) about like your home course or is this like every round you're going out and you're like studying up before you go tee it up with the boys on Saturday morning?
0: Oh, it's actually funny. Me and Joe and Andrew were talking a little bit and, um, I started charting things. Uh, so I teach, I teach baseball lessons now at a baseball Academy in Athens, Georgia. And, um, I tell kids a lot, you know, if a kid's just consistently hitting a ground ball the second base, I tell the kid to view the baseball field like a scatter plot. Like essentially you put a dot on the page where you hit every ball. Let's hit a hundred balls and see where they go. So to me, I just kind of started charting, you know, you just get a yardage book, um, which is I, I think they're awesome. Again, just trying to figure out why why everything is like it is and you get you see the hole from kind of above ground view. And I mean, any more you can do it on your phone, but I would just take a Sharpie and like wherever my driver would land, I would just put a black dot on the, on the hole on the artist book. And I would just realize that like every freaking time I play this hole, I'm right. You know what I mean? It's something about it. Once you realize it, like, you know, you just start to play it differently. You see, you see it differently because you realize you're kind of doing the same thing, Good or bad over and over again. And that helps a lot to just figure out where you're, you know, like me and Joe were saying, you you figure out what you need to work on. Because once you start charting things and you start realizing where you hit your shots, you know, like, man, I missed short on 15 of the 18 shots into the green today, whether it was a par three or like whatever shot leading into a hole. I was short almost every single time. Like those things make a difference because your next round, if you pay attention to that, you maybe just pull an extra club and you shoot five strokes better just because you weren't short, you know, whatever, you know, something like that.
3: Yeah.
2: It's funny. You talk about charting things and setting goals. We recently put together a 2021 scratch quest checklist. Yes. Of some of the goals that we have this year. Or they're things that are very attainable, very doable, but uh there's there's a few stretches in there. Like uh I don't know, fifty five percent greens and regulation in in a round. Yeah. What's, like the, a what's the what's the core
3: average for greens and regulation, Johnny?
0: I think it's sixty five. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I'm taking yes, the man. under I'm taking the under on y'all's fifty five
3: then. it just means we have to do it in one round this year, so Throughout the course of the year, we're trying to accomplish in around, you know, hitting nine. So it's eight basically, eight. it's like ten. 10
1: I, don't, I don't
2: know what the math actually checks out to, but it's close to ten greens yeah. per round.
0: Okay, that's doable.
3: That's what I think, anyway. Well, Andrew and I did not come close to that number yesterday. So, in case you were wondering,
1: um, no, but we did track putts, fairways, and greens. Yeah, it was and- eye opening. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to look at your game from a different angle and then you know, kind of like everything else, the data tells the story so you kind of know like Crane said what to pay attention to.
2: So what do you what do you concentrate on to keep you going right now? I mean, getting to you know, anything plus just the plus category on your handicap, you know, you're you've kind of reached what i would consider the pinnacle besides the tour but like what keeps you going what do you keep working on to get better
0: nah, i'm i was kind of like a cage rat and and when joe says a meathead a meathead's pretty much the i just hung out in the weight room all the time i just love to work and work out and things like that so i guess my thing is that's what i do day in and day out i go to the driving range and I just tinker with my swing and that's like my release. That's, you know, what I love to do. And it kind of drives me nuts because you're not, I'm not really changing my swing right now. I'm just hitting balls and just trying to keep things going. So for me, I don't even really work a lot of times. I just like to go out and swing and I'm a big driving range guy. I feel like you can get a lot accomplished in a much smaller amount of time. I mean, playing but, the, playing the golf cool. holes are awesome, but yeah.
3: That's a good point because we, we asked, we asked some other guys, uh, you know, typically you're going to have an hour to an hour and a half to go out to the range. Like what's your typical practice session? And I know you've got some cool range games, but if you break it down into like, you know, three 30 minute sessions or two forty fives 45s or, or whatever, you got 90 minutes, like what's the most optimal practice? So manual?
0: if, if it's just a pure practice day, if I'm just going out to only practice, I'm probably an hour and a half. I really like to start off putting. Um, I like to put one ball down and just putt around the greens, you know, putt to one hole that's 30 feet away and then putt to the next hole that's 10 and just clean every ball up. Like I'm just trying to one or two putt every hole as long as I can go. And uh, depending on how I'm rolling it, you know, it might I may stay over there 10 or 15 minutes or, you know, I may stay over there for 30 minutes and just just keep going on it. and then I like to chip. I like to just nice, easy chips, kind of, I don't know, feel it out a little bit. Try to hit a couple, you know, stupid shots, bump and run, some flops. Just kind of get your hands going and get things feeling good. And then a good stretch after that. I kind of stretch out while I'm putting a lot. I think one of the biggest things I can say is do try to get yourself limbered up, especially if you are going to go on a stretch where you're going to play a lot. Take that time to. Get a little bit of a stretching routine before you just start banging balls. Got to. But, yeah. And then, I mean, for hitting clubs, I mean, this is something uh, AMAC was on me about. I usually only hit, like, two or three drivers before a round. And if it's a practice day, I'm probably not hitting more than 10. If I'm out there for an hour and a half. Like, it's a lot of short shots. I like to just – whatever – You know, shoot a flag, whatever number's good to a flag, wherever the pins are that day. It might be a 54 degree or it might be a pitch and wedge. I'm just going to try to bang 20 or 30 and just repeat some rhythm in my swing. For me, it's, I feel like trying to just match swing speed and swing with the same tempo and effort over and over and over again. Once I feel good on that, you know, kind of move up slowly through my four iron from a wedge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
3: No, I mean, that's, that's good. I mean, I think some of the biggest leaps I've seen is just the amount of time put in. Right. I mean, you know, some of the better golfers have always said the more you mean the more you hit balls, the better you're going to be. I mean, it's, it's that easy. I mean, you got to know what to do and how to do it, but you know, the time you put into it's important too.
1: So crane on your kind of journey from you know, baseball transitioning to where you're at now, did you ever have that? I mean, you kind of broke down like how long it took you to get to, to what point, but did you ever have like a time period where you just, like, have you gone through the shanks? Have you had the yips? Like, have you gone through the the downs
0: to be where you're at now? (laughs) Right, right out the gate. So I played for two months. I did my first golf lesson ever. I was just, I decided... If I'm going to do this, I want to get good at it. So I take a lesson with a guy, and the very first thing he says, I hadn't even swung a club yet. He says, "Let, let me see your grip." And I get the club, and I hold with a ten finger grip. So I do not interlock or overlap or anything with my hands. They're just like a baseball bat with my thumbs it's laid crazy. down. I've
3: never, I've never noticed that.
0: And I, the first thing the guy says is, "You will never be a good golfer if you don't connect your hands." So for three months, I'm working on overlapping, interlocking. I'm looking up pictures of golf grips. I'm trying to find my hand identity. What feels good on the club? And after three months, one day I was just like, "Fuck it!" And I went back to my old ten finger grip. (laughs) And the first ball I hit was like the most pure ball I'd hit in three months. And I, from that moment on, I was just like, "This is how I'm holding the club," you know. And I've old man's
2: full of shit. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> from that moment on, I just I've tinkered with the strength of my grip, you know, moving my hands you know in or out a little bit, and just some positioning like where it sits in my hand, but man, I mean, it's not the proper way to do it, but I mean, how many millions of baseball swings, Joe, have we taken before we ever swung a golf club? I mean, it's just ingrained in yeah. there, you know, yeah,
3: it's like. Reprogramming your body to swing differently. It's it, it, the swing is not even close to the same thing. In the it's same crazy. Thing. It's yeah. So much
0: hey, on that note, to transition to another thought, you know why all baseball players hit a slice? Have I ever told you this, Joe? No. All right. Next time you get like a seven iron in your hand, address it like you're standing over a golf ball. Okay. Get your grip on there and everything, and then go up to your baseball stance, right? And then take your golf club to contact like you're hitting a bell type fastball, and you will see that your club face is facing directly to the right.
3: <laughs> I don't doubt it.
0: So when yeah. golf, when golf, baseball players try to swing a golf club, the face of their club just kind of hangs open. The way we bring a barrel into a baseball is entirely different than bringing
3: like palm up, a club. down with the and
0: you're trying, yeah. To- your, yeah, it would be considered almost like a rollover in in baseball terminology, the way your wrists go into the ball and the way your hands move. Right. Compared, yeah. I mean, at least compared to how I was taught to hit a baseball. And what every baseball player, I mean, if any baseball player is listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I hit the ball straight right, or you know, if I'm a lefty straight left every time. It's just a push or a fade. Do that drill. Put the club down, get up in your baseball stance, go to contact like you're hitting a baseball, and you'll see where your face angle is, and then mirror that to the ground, and you've got to figure out how to get your club face square to the ball at contact. Sorry, a little baseball terminology there.
2: That's right. pretty legit. I like that, though.
0: Yeah, next time you pick a club up, just kind of do that. Just, you know, get a little Albert Pujols, throw that club head out there and see where you're at. you be amazed. <laughs>
3: so uh, most important club in your bag what what's 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 that oh, you, know,
0: you know the answer to that you've you played with me enough. I like that driver, man, <laughs>
3: <laughs> so you hit two drivers in a practice session and if they
0: if they feel good, they feel good, like if it's not a good driver day, just make it an okay driver day. Don't let it be a bad driver day, but right. the reason I say driver is the most important club I mean both Joe. Joe and I are, are longer hitters. And we can, I mean, our best bet of scoring good is just overpowering the golf course. So for me, if my driver's on that day and I know I'm gonna be hitting like eight irons and nine irons into greens all day, it's a it's I mean, it's huge for me. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like that feeling of winning the hole before and getting the T box in front of somebody you're playing against and just hitting a ball. 30 further than they could ever imagine and then they got to get on the t-box and try to hit after that like (laughs) there's nothing like that feeling when you make eye contact with that guy that's about to hit you're just like yeah bitch let's go
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's great what about the days when your driver's not on though
0: because we all have them it happens and it's what what does AMAC call it? AMAC has a little swing. He calls his squirrel. I don't know why he calls it a squirrel where it came from. I guess it looks over like a little squirrel running run. across the ground. Yeah. 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 And when he gets sideways, that's something we talked about. I was like, you got to have some kind of drive that the days it's not working, you can just throw just it out there. Like, it. Just throw something out there towards the hole and you kind of know where it's going. Like, don't just keep banging it all over the place. Um. I play a, I play a fade. I play a pretty high fade most of the time. If my driver's not working, I just slow down, and I just I call it my bunt. I just throw something out there, aim at the left edge of the fairway, and just try to let it cut anywhere back towards the fairway just to keep yeah. it in play. If it's not on that day, I'm not getting too picky. I just want to hit it far enough that I can get a good shot at the green. There
2: you go. I like that. And, you know, like when you do that, You still, I mean, you're 20 yards behind where you would have been otherwise. You know, there's not even that big of a difference if you
0: throttle it back sometimes. You know, you're still able to get to the green. I'll tell you you a funny story about that too. To, To me, and it's something that's important. I don't think enough people do it when they start playing golf. You'd be amazed if your only focus on hitting a golf ball was trying to make perfect contact. Mm-hmm. How good you would hit the a how, how straight you would hit the ball or straighter. Um, Joe. Um and just <laughs> and just how like complicated you can make the swing sometimes. Like if you're just taking an eight iron and like I'm gonna hit this, you know, like I'm hitting a nine iron and just be super smooth like that number and just make perfect contact, it's amazing, dude. Are you it's trying am- to tell me
3: to dial it down a bit? Yeah. Once every once in a
0: while. All right, uh, I'll work on it. I,
3: uh, I probably, yeah, I inadvertently max out club head speed for sure. That's. Uh,
1: I feel like that's a really hard thing to do for coming from baseball though, because like you're always
3: trying in to baseball.
0: Yeah, yeah, once you get your foot down, like it's go time, and it's well, very violent. And I know y'all will probably ask me about some drills I do on the driving range, but along this topic is I, one of my favorite drills to do. If I find a pin that's like a just a good seven iron number. I'll hit a couple of seven irons to it and feel like I'm really, I'm flying it good. It's it's perfect number. And then I'll get a six iron out and I'll hit the same green and try to hit it there with a six iron. And then I'll get the five iron out and just keep smoothing my swing, controlling the flight and just kind of go for a little bit with that. You'd be amazed. Like you could, you know, just because a hole says 180 yards, that doesn't mean that everybody has to hit the same six iron or whatever club you might hit. Like, if you feel like pulling a four iron and going smooth and hitting a little cut is gonna be perfect for one eighty that day, like do it, man. Like mm. you'd be you'd be amazed sometimes if you're not hitting it good, it just slowing down, you know. You still want to be aggressive at contact. You still want to feel the club head coming to the ball, but it just kind of sinks your body up a little bit. I like
3: that.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is like, especially for where we're at. Like how often are we hitting our number with every, you know what I mean? Like right. max effort. You would be
0: perfectly. And I don't know the numbers on this. If we have the statistician or whatever it is, look up what percentage of amateur golfers come up short on shots. It's like 80%. That's just, I may be totally off on that, but it's just like, if you good. think of, if you think of every swing you take that could get to the hole whether it's a putt or a chip or an eight iron or any club, I mean, outside of the driver, you know, you're obviously going to be short of the hole. I'm assuming they're not taking that into account, but I think you're short. I think a lot of guys are short, 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 and probably short right or short left or whatever. But that same thing, maybe just taking a club up. And it's, you know, especially these cold weather days like
3: this. That's exactly where I was going to go is saying, like Sunday it was cold and windy and balls just weren't going what you think your number is. And honestly, if you're just puring balls all day, like where, you know, I would say where I'm, I'm not going to throw anybody else under the bus, but where I'm at is, you know, I have a pretty, I would say general idea what my numbers are, but I don't have them down to like five yard gaps, you know, like it could go seven or it could go, 180 one day, it could go, you know, 160 the next day. And that's a 20-yard gap, but that's really hard to cover. But that's what I was going to ask you. Is it important to kind of know your swing more or actually like dial in and know your numbers? Because it sounds like having that feel is way more important at the level that we're at right now.
0: If you know your swing, you'll know your numbers. Meaning if you go out to the driving range, let's say you get like, you get there 15 minutes early. You got time to bang like 30 balls. If you hit (laughs) six putts. Um, Six putts and we rolled out of (laughs) bed.
3: I was a cup of coffee and a breakfast burrito and uh, hit six putts and said, let's go.
0: I mean, at a normal, your normal golf course, like we're probably playing, you're obviously your numbers are going to be a little off with range balls. But if you can shoot a couple pins and figure out what club, like what's my pitching wedge roughly going and what's my seven iron roughly going You should be able to kind of calculate every other club off of that, if that makes sense. So, you know, if my pitching wedge is only going 125 that day and I want it to go, usually it's 135, maybe I'm not really going at it that day or maybe the air's a little bit crazy and my numbers are just off. You know what I mean? It's just not flying that day. But then you have to kind of carry that to every club up and down as you have shots on the course.
3: Yeah. It's good, man. Johnny, what you got? You're about to go play a big
1: tourney this weekend. He's writing all this down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, um, so, yeah, we're talking about range sesh. You know, what are some – I really like that, uh, you know, dialing it back and practicing – a shorter yardage with a longer club. That's just something I never would have thought of, never would have done. But what are some other drills that you like to do? What What do you think, um, you know, somebody like us trying to get better, what do you think we should focus on and dial in at the range?
0: So I would say from my putting, a uh, big thing for me, I like to work on alignment first. I like to try to roll some balls straight, meaning I'll get a ball that has a line on it and the biggest focus i'm i'm trying to do and a lot of times i won't even really putt to a hole or a target i'm just trying to get my putter face square to contact so i'm trying to hit a putt and that line just roll end over end once i feel pretty comfortable with my ability to roll it straight i feel like my putter's lined up everything's moving good i'll kind of go to distance control i'll hit some different maybe 10 foot putts and it's either got to go in the hole or go within a foot or two by the hole um Once I feel good with that, I'm pretty set on putting. I feel like I got the speed. I can roll it. I'm paying attention to some of the break, but really a lot of the break you're just going to watch on the course and kind of as the round goes, figure out what it's doing. Um, As far as range games, I'm a huge fan of playing the entire course on the driving range. So like if hole number one is like a dog leg right par four, I know I'm going to want to hit a little cut out over the middle, let it fade over, this and that. So I'm going to envision myself hitting that, that drive. Well, I hit a good drive. I probably have an eight iron in. I'm going to grab an eight iron out of the bag, hit to the green. If I hit a good one, I'm on the green. I'm not going to worry about putting. I'm going to hole number two. And it's 180-yard par three. I'm going to hit this club you know, and play the front nine. Or maybe even work on a couple holes that you've been struggling, like to hit a good drive on or something like that, just to try to envision that feel of what you're going to have to hit.
2: It's the water boy drill, visualize the attack.
0: (laughs) Tackling fuel. (laughs) (laughs) But no, and I'll tell you some funny things I used to do. People used to think I was an idiot. I would put my golf bag in front of my ball, maybe, like, five feet. And I'd have to hit hooks and cuts around my bag. And inevitably, (laughs) you know, once a day, I would just smoke my golf bag with a ball. (laughs) Boom! It would, bam! It would hit. And everybody would look at me, and they're like, what's this guy? Did anybody just walk over to you with an alignment stick and just be like, here, move? (laughs) Move my bag behind, like, Happy Gilmore when the caddy's, like, standing in the wrong spot. Where were you on that one, dipshit? You know,
3: I did, I did something similar. What was it, Friday or Saturday at the range? I, you know, put a ba- uh, one of the plastic range buckets in front of me. You know, you put it like six inches in front of your lead foot, on you know, close to your body. So you're trying to swing the club inside to out. And I probably hit you know five or six balls inside to out with a nice draw, and then got a little too relaxed and sent a range bucket about twenty yards. The range <laughs> and Everybody just turned it around because it just wow. Everybody turns around and I'm just like, Shut up. Who does that? I know? wouldn't recommend that on a on a crowded uh, on a crowded course or crowded range.
0: Hey, the other fun game if you're out there like Andrew and uh, Joe, if y'all are out there, just go shot for shot, man. Just somebody call a hole and closest to the pin wins. And yeah. play play Something's for a quarter. Like play for a quarter shot and just say winner picks the next hole and you just roll uh for your driver you can pick two targets and be like you got to hit it between that flag and that flag and if you don't hit it you don't get a point the other guy does he gets a point and you just keep moving
3: yeah so what are some of your like on course favorite money games to play like what like how do you i, I know you've got a bunch of them but you know let's say you <sighs> just up upon some recent, recent winnings and uh you know you got some money to play with what do you what, what kind of bets are you laying out there
0: it depends i mean most of the people i'm playing with are just playing we're playing something is everybody okay we're playing like, <laughs> we'll play 10 10 and 10 a lot 10 for the front 10 for the back and then 10 for low score yeah um and we'll calculate it with strokes um so you just you know if i'm six if somebody's a 3 and i'm a plus 3 i'm giving him six so we'll run it the strokes on the course and then at the end we'll just net him six strokes and if I beat him by more than six, I win the 10 and if he got closer than that. And, and you need to make sure that the strokes are properly identified before the round starts. Cause that can be an issue. Is that, a call out? that could be a call out. I'm not going to throw no names on that one, but you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, I'll tell you something else fun we've been doing. So instead of playing strokes, instead of me giving certain, Holes like oh one and six and eight are the three toughest handicaps. I'm going to give you those three a stroke on those three holes. I've just been playing and giving the person I'm playing against like a two up lead. It's like two to nothing when we tee off on the first tee box. Then you don't have to keep track of strokes. Like I'm guaranteeing him two victories before we even start. um And that's that's actually fun because then if you can kind of just take strokes out of it,
3: yeah. Um,
0: which I mean nobody likes keeping up with strokes, but you know makes it a little bit more chill
1: there you go nice so crane you grew up playing baseball and baseball is a very mental sport you you fail more than you succeed and golf's very similar how do you think that the mental side of playing baseball those years has kind of transitioned and helped you and helped you in golf
0: oh man that's tough Ah. Uh, Joe, you got any ideas on this one? Let me think on that for a second.
3: No, because uh, Andrew and I had the conversation yesterday that uh, we were both rage monsters when it came to baseball. Like, if we were o for 3 with a hat trick and coming back to the dugout, something was yeah. getting
1: cost. Everybody was sliding to one side of the yeah. bench.
3: We, so, Andrew and I played high school baseball together, and then uh, we played a year together at an NAIA school after I left Georgia. <clears throat> and we uh, we both let it fly there, too. So... You know, our our early golf career, (laughs) we were just basket cases. I mean, we would, you know, play five rounds of golf our whole life, blow three off the map, and then, you know, clubs getting snapped, or I've seen Andrew punch a golf (laughs) cart. So, I mean, but, but now, I mean, you know, I mean, baseball coaches are always, you know, trying to encourage you to, you know, clear it, wash it, you know, it's kind of like a game of silence. I see. I feel
0: like I was more like that. I didn't show my emotion a lot, like negatively in baseball. You know, I'd get pissed, but I wouldn't like outwardly get upset. If that makes sense, it was a
3: real struggle for me to like keep it in, like to just bottle it because I was just really intense. I mean, you, I mean, everything. I, you know, I swing a golf club hard. I, you know, when I work out, I work out hard so like playing golf was new is it's like every shot <laughs> its own battle and I've tried to take that siloed approach and now I mean it's fun but I'm competitive so I want to win and I've let a lot of it go and it's just I enjoy being outside but I really try to put each shot into its own like silo like and you've you've helped me helped me with that too like you said look it don't, it really takes one good shot every single hole like yes you can hit a bad shot in the woods and then you hit an awesome punch shot out and then you're laying green side. Like you just, but you potentially could birdie that you could par it. I mean, it takes one good shot. So that's helped a lot, you know, being able to just say, you know, just, you don't have to make it all up, but it only takes one, right. A long putt, a good drive or whatever. Yeah. And I feel okay
0: to kind of answer your question, like the struggles in golf, just like Joe said, you might hit a bad drive if you can keep yourself in the hole and then somehow hit one, miraculous shot or just like get a ball on the green and have a 20 footer for par. And then somehow if you can make that freaking par putt, like you made a par, there's no difference between missing a five foot birdie putt or draining a 20 footer that you scrambled all over the hole for. Um, and you know, there's just some holes you're just going to make a bogey on. Like you're just going to be kind of out of the hole. And if you can just keep it together enough to not make a double or a triple, like it's kind of a victory in itself, you know?
3: Yeah, you you said another good thing. I think we were talking last time we played, or uh, maybe at the baseball game or something. But you know, you were, and I was like, well, you know, when I get a I asked you the practice question earlier, but you're like, you just whatever you're struggling on, you know, you don't have to go practice everything. But like, if you're playing decent and you just can't hit a hundred yard wedge shot within five feet, like man, go work on that and then set that as your goal for the next two or three rounds. I thought that was some really good advice.
0: Well, I'll tell you something else on that, like too, Joe, when you're saying that, pay attention to the the shots that you actually hit on a course. So if we play an 18 hole golf course, there's going to more than likely be four par threes, right? So that means there's 14 holes. I could even potentially pull a driver on. So why am I really taking much more than 10 to 15 driver shots in any given day? Anyway, you know what I mean? Like I'm never going to need more than that, Mm -hmm. but, and I'll ask you all this. So like normal scores, let's just call it like an 85. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. How really. if, of those eighty five shots I'll take it. I'll take it. Um of those eighty-five shots, how many of those shots are swings and how many of those shots are putts? What would you say?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, go ahead, Andrew.
0: <laughs> yesterday, knowing that we counted
1: putts. I had thirty four putts yesterday. You did? Yeah.
0: That's not bad actually.
2: No, uh, seriously. Yeah. And wait, you wait, shot wait. what?
1: Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
3: But we only hit four greens in regulation. Yeah. Yeah. We're chipping up for par. But
0: if you, if you think about that, what's that 34 out of 85. So you've got 50 swings left, like, and what are those? So 14 of those are driver. You've got 36 swings left, you know, and how many of those are what? So that's where you need to kind of break down your shots on your, on your range is work on the shots you really need to work on, like Joe saying, that hundred yard shot. Like, work on it. And if you if you realize that you only have two hundred yard shots around, usually, like, you don't have to hit a hundred hundred yard shots because you're only going to have two or three of them. You know, if it's uh, like,
3: yeah, <clears throat> how many were wedges yesterday, Andrew? You <laughs> hit a bunch of wedges yesterday. Yeah, <clears throat> we couldn't hit a green, and we were just always chipping up and. You know, inevitably, one of us duffs it, or you know, fats one, and then you got to hit another wedge. It's like yeah. that
1: is so frustrating, so frustrating.
3: And you practice it too. You know, you work on it, and it's
0: just like
3: wet conditions. And you know what? I'm blaming it on the ball crane. Right? It was the it was the new ball. I was-
0: the new cl- you have new shoes. I would. Hey, John, I would get some new shoes too. <laughs> yep. You get yep. A slip. A slip occasionally. Maybe leave one of the spikes out so you could really lean on that, that your yeah. back you're just not digging like it usually does. You're good. And I I think you've got some options, you know?
3: Don't worry. We'll we'll put this out after the tournament. So yeah. <laughs> like look at
2: the bottom of your shoe, the spike is missing. Look at this piece of crap. I just bought these. <laughs> yeah.
0: I knew something was off today.
2: Yeah. Jeez, I could feel it. <laughs> All right. Well, Lena. I think it's time to
3: Go ahead. No, let's hit him with the gauntlet. Let's go. Let's
1: the do gaunt. it. Crane. We're gonna we're gonna rotate asking you golf related questions, so that we we don't have to do rapid fire. But if they're thinkers, we want we want your uh, well thought out answer. Okay.
2: I think we open. Yeah, it's open for discussion.
0: I, I don't really well think out anything, but I'll do my best. <laughs> boom. All right. I'll hit you, I'll I'll ask the first question. I'm gonna hit the hit
1: the boom, and then we'll go. All right, let's. Uh, what would be your ideal foursome? That can be alive, dead, celebrities, sports. Like, I, you, I would assume
0: you would want to play with Arnold, knowing you. So, what would be your oh, foursome? Oh man, I had a, gr- I got a great Arnold joke. I definitely would. Just anything. Arnold Schwarzenegger is there. Like, so we got to put him in there. Um. I mean, Give I do the
2: Arnold joke real quick. Sorry. Uh, you, I can't. <laughs> I'm
0: going to let my son listen to this later. I can't tell the Arnold joke. Here. <laughs> we can, we yeah. can bleep it out.
3: Do it, do it now.
0: All right. So one of my friends is at a uh, celebrity pro-am and he gets to the first tee and realizes Arnold, they didn't tell him they celebrities. He realized Arnold Schwarzenegger is his celebrity. His name was Gary. Gary's all nervous. There's a bunch of people around. Arnold's walking up. He's got a big cigar in his mouth. Everybody's asking him for autographs. And Arnold comes up and shakes his hand. He's like, "Hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger, nice to meet you." And he's like, "Hey, my name's Gary. You know, nice to meet you." And he said that this time, Arnold puts his tee in the ground and puts his ball on. He's got a cigar in his mouth, and he says, "So, Gary, when was your last blow job?" And Gary's very like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like, "I don't know." two weeks ago and at the moment arnold takes the club back and says so how did it taste and he hits the (laughs) ball and there's hundreds of people standing around the tee box and i just remember that story that's why you you want some arnold did
3: he hit it the fairway
0: I think, he, I think he had a horrible drive. Like, I, I don't yeah. remember the details of the story. It was just Arnold and, yeah, it's, that's all you need to
2: know. Arnold just destroyed that guy in front of – he publicly <laughs> humiliated the shit out of this dude. It doesn't matter like, where that ball goes.
0: This was like a, a year before the whole thing came out about him sleeping around, so it was great. But oh, anyway, man. I would take – How
3: would it it taste? <laughs>
0: I mean, I just feel like I'd have to say Tiger because, you know, that yep. would just be awesome. Just to just yeah. to freaking talk to, and if you haven't watched the Tiger documentary, that thing is freaking awesome, man. You just—that's crazy. I mean, just him coming up like he did and playing golf and just his—I didn't know his oh, dad. Down, was no much a, I didn't crazy. know his dad was that Dang. much of a nut, man. Yeah, but I mean, freaking worked kinda. I don't know who my fourth would be. Um, man, I don't know. I'd probably go someone kind of old school. I wouldn't mind. Like, I just, you know, I could take a little Jack. I'm sure there'd be some wisdom you could get from there. I don't know how Arnold and Jack would go, but I mean, it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be a little variety. All right.
3: Billy like Johnny's barely holding together. I hear <laughs> little laughs over there. <laughs>
0: I'm just yeah, I'm like, Giggles.
3: so jack
0: when was your last blow job
3: oh <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, geez Crane, <Arnold. laughs> uh, 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 what's uh what's a better snack at the turn like a big hot dog or like one of the like pre-made sandwich or is there a, or is there something that rivals a hot dog for? now
0: now there's one time you and me played and I had a hot dog with brisket on top of it At the turn.
3: And we walked.
0: And we were walking. And we were walking. They had brisket or a hot dog. And I just said, Can I get a hot dog with brisket? And it was good. It came on.
3: So that's the go to snack. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anything (laughs) that lights your gut up a little bit, you know? (laughs)
3: All right. Um,
2: So this is a little uh, recent development, recent news. Johnny Manziel has set a goal for himself that he is going to go pro in golf. Oh boy. He says he gives himself 12 years to get this goal accomplished. And if he doesn't do it in 12 years, he's going to quit. Do you think he even gets close to the tour?
0: Ooh, I don't know. I have no idea how good he is. Um... So
2: he doesn't play very much. And supposedly he's like a scratch golfer. What? Yeah. He's supposedly,
0: it it seems like like he would be that type of guy. Right. yeah i could see that i mean i don't know i would say no just because i mean the probability of that actually happening is low but what does he mean by pro is he talking like pga tour or just he's like trying
2: to make the tour? tour he's trying to make the tour
0: i'd say no i've played with a lot of really good golfers that are not even close and you're the first time you play with him. you like, have to oh
2: there's, in my opinion, there's no fucking chance, Johnny. Somebody should slap you for even <laughs> saying that. <laughs> like, well, I agree. dude, this, those guys on tour are aliens. They are literally aliens from another planet. They're so much better than anything I can understand.
3: So, the, Andrew and I were talking about this the other day playing that what what's what do you think's more challenging like what the grind but the, the ability to make it is it to make it to the tour or do you think being a major league baseball player because they were they came out with an article or I think I says a rule change for amateurs that they couldn't make money off of giving lessons anymore and I thought that was just super dumb because you know these guys are spending 60 70 80 a hundred thousand dollars a year. On travel expenses and you know entry fees to tournaments and things like that playing golf and that in, in itself is a challenge because a you don't have any money b how are you supposed to afford to go around and do this thing and it's a, it's the same thing in the minor leagues you know you have no money coming out of college and if you're not a top five pick like your yeah. money's gone in a year or two so from a resources standpoint you're faced with the same challenges but from a you know level of competition and, and just the grind to actually grind it out and make it. I mean, granted, you know, let's say you're similar. You're good at both, right? You're good at baseball. You're good at golf. You're good enough to make it. What's more challenging. What's the harder path. Is it on the tour or is it getting to the
0: big leagues? I think getting on the tour would be tougher. Um, I think but big less leagues, spots. the opportunities greater in the big leagues. You got so many guys and so many organizations and, I mean, your farm system, like, if you're the AAA dude, and you know, some, you know, Joe Schmo rolls his ankle, like, you get to the big leagues just kind of by default. Like in the mm-hmm. golf, like, you got to earn everything you do to get yep. there. Point. Hey, and with that being said, I would choose baseball because that's a guaranteed guaranteed contract, bro. Golf,
3: you got to win to make money. Golf,
0: if 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 professional sports was all like golf, if it was like. Hey, you went, you know, thirty for thirty-eight passing with four touchdowns. Here's four million dollars. You had a good game. Like, hey, you threw five picks today. You owe us money. Like, you have to pay for your hotel room this week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would be a different sport right there. You know?
3: Yeah, you're saying these guys have to invest and in go into play these tournaments. Oh, you
0: just show up and you're pay- you got to pay to get in it, and you you don't you don't make the cut, and you just go home. Like, you got nothing. You know?
3: So sure, like
2: what you were just saying though about amateurs like anybody playing on any type of tour is not an amateur. They're still pros. They're still a golf pro and making money. Like to be a golf pro, like a teaching pro or something, you got to go to school, pass a couple of tests and shoot like a 74 three times and you're a teaching pro, you're a golf pro. So yeah, those guys true. I mean they can, those are the people teaching stuff. Like if you're an amateur, I think they're meaning like you and me can't like
3: Damn
2: you know, it. Just go down to the uh the local driving range and hustle up some, <laughs> some yeah. of like the
1: ball yeah. whacker guy.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Group on lessons here Twenty percent right <laughs> off. Yeah, maybe I misread the rule or misinterpreted it. That's probably that's a good point.
1: Crane, what's well, the what's what's the hardest shot that you in your bag? Like, what's the hardest shot to you in golf?
0: Oh man, hardest shot to me in golf. Um, to me, like that five iron, four iron, three iron neighborhood where I just got to hit a long iron is probably my toughest shot. But it's also like the least hit shot in my bag, if that makes sense. So. I don't, I just don't work back to on your that point much. earlier. Yeah. Point back to your point earlier. You don't have to do it very often. Yeah. I remember I went to a lesson one time and I told the guy I was like, I cannot hit my four iron. And he's like, well, how how many times do you hit your four? And I was like, well, I hit it horrible on this hole. And, and then the next day on that same hole. And he's like, well, you're only hitting it once around. Just don't hit that club. Like lay up, hit a, hit an eight iron. And then whatever. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Good
3: idea. Is that part of the on <laughs> lesson package? Yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I got one. Um, you know, this doesn't work for you cuz you're too good. Uh so this might be a group question here. All right. Uh would you rather shoot a 69 or get a hole in one?
0: I definitely hole in one. Yeah. Oh.
2: Joe, God. this show is called Scratch Quest. We're talking yeah, about point <laughs> three <to be> under. A <laughs> oh, hole in one or a 69? Sixty nine means you're actually good. Hole in one. There's like,
1: there's a yeah. lot of people who've had hole in ones that suck at golf. The
2: That's worst true. people in the world that have the most hole in ones. Dude, you got to give me the ace. You want the ace? Okay. Give
1: me the, give me the ace.
2: I'm going nine.
1: Yeah, I'd um, rather shoot sixty nine. I would. Buddy, say... remember
3: that sixty nine? But uh, oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Crane, have you had a hole-in-one? I have not had a hole-in-one. I have not had a hole-in-one. I've been within my foot many times. I My ball just stops, man. I hit a high, high fade. It just doesn't. It hits the ground and stops. I don't get a lot of rollout or backspin on just a lot of shots into the green. And that Nice high fade is good for that. It ain't good for dunking one, though, I don't think. I just got so- to hit it. Straight into the hole, I guess.
3: So we have, we, we put uh, Ben in a couple of situations. That was pretty fun. And I think one of the, I'm going to put you in a situation on the golf course. You just tell me what club and like what your swing thought is. But I find myself hitting into a lot of short sided pins, like around the green, like call it a, you know, 20 or 30 yard chip or pitch or whatever you want to call it. What club and what's your thought process? I mean, you can just say it's a.
0: What's the ground okay. like? Okay. Rule, rule number 1 get to your ball you you figure out your distance and then you immediately see what your lie is like the lie will tell you almost everything are my upslope downslope thick grass wet picking it clean tight lie where where are we laying at
3: so let's just say decent lie flat ground but you're hitting to like an elevated pin its short sides so you got like 10 yards to like land the ball and let it roll, but you got to hit it like 20. So you're off the green, but I mean, is it like a flop, like a open wedge pitch or just normal conditions? Honestly,
0: and this, this may be not what you want to hear. I'm probably just hitting something up to make sure I get it on the green and have a chance to make the putt. Yeah. I'm not getting cute. If it doesn't, if I take a couple practice swings, if I just kind of try to find a way to get it close and it doesn't feel comfortable I'm just gonna make sure I play it up on the green and give myself hopefully a 10 or 15 footer, you know, even for par, to stay away from that big number.
2: And that's part understand. of the big difference, right there, man. Like, I'm I'm immediately when you ask that question, I'm like, eh, I'll just flop it up there.
3: <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna just-
2: try, to try to get it anywhere there, and I'm like, yeah, duh. Every time you try to flop it, you skull fuck it across the green, yeah. having an even worse <laughs> shot coming back.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd blade one up the bunker if you can ramp it up the bunker right. It'll pop up and be perfect. It'll be like a nice flop. I, I got going. that.
2: I got that shot.
0: I got that.
2: that shot. See, and that's hard so hard.
0: funny though because you tell if you ask Ben that same question, what's Ben going to say? He's like, "I'm, I'm like, going to open up my sixty. I'm going to this good. and that, and he's going to hit it to three feet. Like that's not my game. I'm just going to hit it up yeah. there and hope I make the putt."
3: Yep.
0: Good stuff. All right
3: awesome
1: crane. man
2: some great takeaways there
1: yeah crane this has been awesome man appreciate you taking yeah. time out of your night and uh you internally between the three of us we, you are
0: the godfather of scratch quest because you've done exactly what we we're aiming to do it just takes time you got to spend time on a parting note for those who can't practice a lot i'm out in my front yard last night swinging my driver and my son's got his baseball bat and we're not hitting anything we're just swinging. And talking for ten minutes. If you can't get to a range, or if it's cold and you can't just pick up a club and just swing it, you don't have to hit a ball to get the results. You'll learn a lot about your swing just spending time doing it. It helps a ton. There it is.
2: from a press. wise man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, Crane. Appreciate it, man. That's all the time we got. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me, boys. Appreciate it. it.